at least my kids, they'll shift from whatever they were working on to fully being connected in the present with that person. And people are the priority. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly podcast and videocast where I get to hang out with the speaker of the weekend, take a look at the scriptures, unpack them, process them, and apply them to our life. And oftentimes it's Pastor Andrea, the lead pastor. But today, as you may have noticed, Pastor Andrea is not here. We are joined by Pastor Brendan Prutzman. Now, and who you've been here, right? You're, this is not your first Kettering Connect. No, this is my second Kettering Right, I think the other one was like in July I or feel June? like when I did the first one, I like really arrived on staff. <laughs> and then I felt like... Wait, I'm, you weren't on staff then? Or were you? No, I was on staff Oh, you were? Then. Okay, And bad. then I felt like I did something wrong because I haven't been back in so long. So, But I think I, I must have restored myself, redeemed myself. <laughs> I've been able to arrive back. Um... Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, no, it was know. good. It was I'm super good. And the reason you're you're here and you can join us is because you got to preach last week. I preached. Um, I did. We're in a series. We're in a series called Kettering Next. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah, so help us understand a little bit about Kettering Next. Well, it's kind of um, we're talking about what comes next as yeah. we're you know Kettering. We've we've embraced this thing to be church. Yeah. And we're saying, what happens next? Because the world seems like it's changing. Right. Um, we have a new normal. By the day? By the hour? Yeah, basically, <laughs> um, right. It, it's changing. And so we're trying to figure out how how we, how we're going to be church in the next minute. In the next phase, right. Next. So the whole purpose and the vision behind Kettering Next is to kind of look at our values, right? Yes. The values of our church who we are, what we value, right? We value belonging, beholding, becoming, and being church. So of our values, which one were you addressing was, and talking about? I was, I believe I was on, I'm on being church. I think it was belonging, but specifically I was dealing with people who have experienced loss, hurt, mm. and helping to bring them kind of to hope mm. is where we want people to end up at. Yeah. No, it was good. It was super good. So I was glad you were able to do that. And now we're going to talk about the passage and, and kind of apply it here. And in case you didn't know, I'm just sort of assuming everybody knows, but it's possible they don't. Uh, Brendan Pressman is the interim children and family pastor. That's me. Here at Kettering. So and Jason's, he's been here all along. <laughs> I just, I just do stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, but it's good. It's super good. So um, let's go into the passage. Well, let me tell you first. Okay, it's kind of interesting because you wanted to say what I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then I kind of got into this verse. And what's interesting was I, the two, I didn't feel like meshed right away in the beginning. But I mm. really wanted to use this verse because I haven't had an opportunity to talk about children and kids and things like that from the pulpit. And as the interim children's sure. pastor, I really wanted to do that. I wanted to have something that was connected with kids. And so that made me sad, say, what about when they brought the little children to Jesus? Yeah. And we get so much. So that's the passage, right? From yes. Mark 10. Mark I believe 10. it's also in Luke as well, if I'm not mistaken. But you, you went with the Mark 10 passage. Yeah. Matthew. Matthew. Or maybe it's Matthew. But oh, it's in three. It was Matthew, Luke, and Mark. No. It's, yeah. Matthew, Luke, and Mark, I think. If we were good pastors, we would know this. We would. But I, anyway, but it's in Mark. It um, kept, it, but it's I, definitely in another one. I looked at all three because I yeah. kept going through, and, and I actually felt like this covered yeah. the best. It probably is in the synoptics. That would make yeah. more sense, that it would be covered in the synoptic gospels. Um, but 
The point is, this passage, we get a lot of mileage, <laughs> I think, out of this, this, let the children come to me, right? Uh, we, I, I've seen paintings, right, that kind yes. of depict this. Yes, uh, it's true. Little, like, action figures. Have you seen the little Jesus and children action figures, uh, which is, I find comedic. Uh, anyway, we get a lot of mileage out of this, this imagery, but if we take a moment and stop and look at it and apply it, it's actually really deep. If you, if you, one of the things I was shocked by was when I looked at this, is I, I kind of had anticipated that when I got into it, it was going to be about bringing, you know, the little children, like playing around Jesus, like some of the pictures that you described sure, right, and painted. Right. One of the shockers that I had was in this first verse, it said, people bringing little ch- children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. Yeah. What I didn't know until I read about it was these are babies. Yeah, right. These are kids that really didn't have a choice. So even though we make it about all these children, right? If you really look at what's going on, these children didn't have a choice, right? Because we have the head, or we see the, the the painting or the image of them like running around and you know sitting on his lap, and maybe maybe that happens. But according to the text, they're more. Babies. They're talking babies. Right. So let's go to the text. Let's read it real okay. quick. Um, so if you don't mind, read uh, so we're all of those keeping track at home. Mark 10, uh, verses 13 to 16. Okay. And it says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the s- disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. That was it. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, so there's actually a lot there. Um, so yeah, let's just go back over it, just kind of verse by verse. We have about 15 minutes. So um, I don't know, one thing that jumps out to me, like in verse 13 that we were kind of talking about, where it says they brought their children to him. Um, in, in the Greek, basically, it, it's a little different than, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just carrying my child. Um, in, in the Greek, the word, it, it's actually slightly dark. It, it implies, uh, it's the same word that they would use for child sacrifice, actually, which is deep and dark, but also kind of gives a little insight as to the, the intent behind it. Um, almost to your earlier point about, you know, maybe there were children running around, but they were probably babies. Well, if going back to the time of child sacrifice, they w- there would be babies. So that would make more sense. But also, um, it's this, this space of deep spiritual dedication, right? Like, I'm not talking about child sacrifice. I, I'm not promoting that. But I'm just saying for them, that was uh, one of the highest acts of trying to gain the favor of the gods, right, is, is by sacrificing a child. I'm not nearly, I'm not implying that's what they were thinking with Jesus. But my point is, with the parents, it would have been out of this space of deep spiritual dedication. No, I am connected to you, and I want my children to be connected to you. Yeah, well, when when I read about this, they said, you know, a lot of times people would bring their their children to priests, mm-hmm. to leaders, mm-hmm. to even just people they respected, and said, "Could you bless my child?" Kind of as a as a helpful way, you know, a kind of a step up 
for mm-hmm. your child, you mm-hmm. know, oh, their life is going to be different, yeah, you yeah. know, because they've received this blessing. Right. And, you know, they're, they're going to go further and, and all of that. And I thought that was what was interesting. And that's also one of the reasons why the disciples rebuked them, because right. the more, the higher up you were, the more respected you were, the higher level of priest you were, the whatever it was, right. the less you did this. Right. You would only do this for a prominent person. So in some ways, people were coming to Jesus saying, we respect you. But the disciples are like, no, yeah. he is more respected than, than to take his time with, with you. you. Yeah, yeah. Which is not what I think Jesus was trying to say. Right. No. And well, right. And he says, no, don't stop them. Right. Um, And then, but even uh, to another point that I think is interesting here at the beginning, where it says the children like wanted to come to him. Um, And yeah, you're around children. I mean, not just your own, but others. Like, have you ever noticed like some adults seem, some adults seem to attract children more than others, right? Like, like because of their mannerisms or their character, or maybe they smile more. I don't know. Maybe they walk around with candy and that could be weird. But, little but puppies they keep in their yeah, pocket. Yeah, right. They exactly. Oh, here it is. But no. I think, you know, kids are pretty intuitive about someone's character, right? Or warmth or friendliness or love or whatever, right? Like it, it's, I don't want to say never, but it seems like it's rare, or I don't often, I should say, I don't often see children hanging out with like grumpy, mean people, right? And so I think the fact that kids wanted to be with him, like that speaks as to who Jesus was, like as a man walking around on the planet, like people, especially children, wanted to be with him. Yeah, I would, I completely agree. I mean, I think that that's, it's important to note these things. Yeah, um, which I think sometimes, you know, and, and I know like like my kids, like they, they miss church so much, and, and I'm sure there are a bunch of kids who miss church. But then sometimes it makes me think, well, even with what we do as Christians and even what we do as a church, is it really attractive to children or is it like, you know, are we pulling them, you know? And if we were really doing what Jesus would want us to do, wouldn't it be more attractive to them? I don't know, just just some thoughts I have. Well, that's kind of an interesting, I mean, that would be an interesting rabbit hole to go down. Maybe we don't want to go down there, but to think about what would, if you, if you created a church for kids, right? what kind of wonders would be there? Well, right, exactly. And almost to that point, so the disciples, right, they come in and they're trying to stop the children. So in other words, there's literally someone in the way between the children and Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus is like, no. Not only is there somebody in the way, but this is one of his closest followers. Right. That's in the way. So true. Yeah. I mean, people who are with him all the time. In fact, they're, they're part of his Talmudim. So in other words, they actually are trying to be like him. Yes. And And they're they're in the way. They're in the way. Which also, to that point, I wonder how many times at church, well, like, do we do we make the way for children and their connection to Jesus? Like, do we clutter it with stuff in the middle, uh, mm. right? Do we do we put stuff? Are there um, unnecessary, you know, objects or or things that they have to navigate or go around or try and whatever? Like the disciples, right? Um, is, are, do we do anything, either intentionally or unintentionally? that just clutters the way of, of people, and specifically children, yeah. getting to Jesus. And if there is, we should get rid of it. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You think about it the way, I'm, 
I don't know. I'm I'm still stuck going down. <laughs> stuck by pen. Going down the rabbit hole of, yeah, of okay. what would that church look like? I right. mean, would there be rainbows on the wall when you walk in? Maybe a big rainbow sliding board from the parking lot. Now we're talking. Church. Yes. No, um, that's just what I want. But I, that's that's Yeah, maybe idea. they don't want that. Okay, know. any other observations from the yeah, these opening couple sections? Wait, if here? you went to 14, I would have really liked to have explored indignant a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, what does that, that is, even mean? That <sighs> is like such a a hefty word indignant. to use there. He became indignant. So my translation, which is the New Living Translation, it says angry. He was angry with his disciples. I think angry, right? An indignant person is probably angry. Yeah, yeah. But but you would think if you became angry. That would want the kids, that would make the kids go away. Exactly. So that's what I mean. It would be interesting to explore that indignant and say, what what kind of anger do you have that still attracts kids to you? Right. Absolutely. And I think going back to another point, we were just saying, um, he's not angry at random people. He's angry at the closest Jesus followers in the space. That's He's true. with them because That's they're true. getting in the way. And so I wonder as pastors or as, you know, we're supposed to be spiritual leaders or we're, we, we claim to be Jesus followers. Does he especially get angry at us because we either intentionally or unintentionally put stuff in the way from people experiencing him and coming to him? Uh, and I don't know. That's just kind of a gut check. I think we all need to process that. Um and, and then, oh, any other thoughts from, from that verse? I'm good. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, and then the ending. Okay, so the ending, for some people, they kind of struggle with it. And at first glance, it does seem like, wait, what? What are you saying? Um, I, I remember uh, years ago, I did a, a, a series for Perichoresis, and it was called Things I Wish Jesus Never Said. And I talked to the kids, and we had a, like a big... I don't know. They, like they wrote stuff down that things that they think Jesus said, which by the way, most of the time it's not what Jesus said. They just thought that he did. Um, but this was one of them that came up. It was like, I wish Jesus never would have said that because it kind of looks weird or sounds weird. I'm not really sure what to do with that. Um, and that's right here in uh, uh, verse, verse 14. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads, and blessed them. But yeah, verse 15, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. I didn't even touch that in the sermon. Did you notice that? I did. Okay. Uh, or should we not touch it now? No, we can touch it now. <laughs> you were just, I was just making sure that you... But it's interesting, right? Like, it is wait, interesting. What? I need to be like a child, to experience the kingdom life. What does that even mean? Especially, right, because you're right. We're not necessarily talking about 8- and 12-year-olds. We're probably talking about, like, infants or 6 Do you think olds. it's the dependency that they have on their parents? So I think there are a couple of things, right? I think it makes me think, because at first glance, we could be tempted to think it's, it means you need to be childish. Yeah, no, no, that's not what that would help me a lot. Yeah, right. No, yeah. I'd be, we'd be good if it yeah. was childish. Uh, put a check in that box, uh, right? No, it's not be childish, right? To be childlike. So, what is it? What are children like? You have you have children. I have children, right? We and it seems to me that there are some characteristics of children. Man, maybe that's what he's talking about, right? Like to live the kingdom life as Jesus followers, you, you need to be more like 
children. Uh, but, so, but to again, your point, if you take it back down to these little babies, yeah, what? I mean, I, I mean, I honestly, so you baffled me because I didn't, I didn't think about the little babies in this line. But mm. the only thing I can come up with is a little baby is really dependent upon its parents, right? I mean, that's that's all that they are. I mean, right? right? They wake up in the middle of the night, they can't sleep, and it's either. You got to feed them, you got to change them, you yep. got to rock them, you know, whatever right. it is. But they're not going to soothe themselves. No, they are like the least self-sufficient things ever, right? So I, and every parent is going to hate me right now, but I swear this is true, right? And you're a father, you can testify. A lot of times with, with, with new fathers, um, <laughs> I should so not admit this. The, um, they're like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with my kid because, you know, because moms are, are usually way better at this than, than dads are. And, um, but they're like, I'm not sure what to do with it. And, and so for me, babies, like the first six months, I could barely speak that out. For the first six months, it's like a baby. It's like a plant. <laughs> right? They're just kind of there. Yeah, you're getting in trouble for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but they don't do anything. I mean, they're there, right? But you can't really engage with it. Like like the plants, you don't engage, just there. Um, I don't know. I'm a terrible sinner, as y'all know. <laughs> but but then after the first six months, it seems like they can engage and you see their personalities a little bit more and whatever. My point is, um, they're so reliant on help. Yes. Right? They cannot do a single thing. They can't even move their heads. I'm happy to go along with relying on help, but I don't know that I want to jump on to have my wife hear me say my kid is like a plant. Okay. Okay. No, you're, that can be you. Yes. No, I, I'll take ownership of that. Um, but, Just for the record. Yeah. They're not, did I say self-sufficient? No, I meant. I meant no, you said they're not self-sufficient. Yeah. Like okay, good. I want to make sure I was communicating. And yeah, your plan. They need, right. That's my point. Like they need so much help. They can't do anything by themselves. And, and maybe... Right, because adults were not like that. Like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Right? Oh, bring it. I, I can take care of it. But maybe we need to be less self-sufficient. I mean, right. I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, you, you think about that. When I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep or I can't whatever, I'm not necessarily crying out for God to soothe me to sleep. Yeah, right. To right. help me with my crisis. And maybe, maybe that's a mistake. Maybe that's the relationship God wants with us. Mm-hmm. And yet, in our adult wisdom, we're saying, "Stay, I, right. I got this. We got this." Which I, and if we really stop and think about it, not to go down this rabbit hole too far, you know, to say that we got this, and oh, I, don't worry, God, I got it. I can take care of it. Isn't that a form of blasphemy? Right? Like, no, no, no. I don't need you. I, I can handle this. I got this under control. And well, children aren't like that. More than that, I mean. You know, I've got some old ones, I've got some young ones, and I can tell you that when when any of my children have something that happened and they wake up and they're in distress, mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on. I mean, and you want to be there. I want to be there. Right, absolutely. And so in some ways, it would be, you know, to have something bad happen and my child get up and say, yeah, I, I just dealt with it, Dad. I, I didn't need you anymore. Yeah, that'd be hurtful. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. And yet, this is probably exa- exactly yeah. what we're saying with God. Boy, you've challenged me here, Jason. Yeah, no. It's, no we're it's supposed to text. challenge them. This You're is... not supposed to challenge me. <laughs> no, this is Jesus saying what the kingdom of God is like. I feel so like I think, you're going the wrong way. So here. I think I that's, know. yeah, no, I know. Just kidding. Plants and, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew, okay. it, it's going to be a problem. Okay, another thing I think is interesting. So I just have a couple quick observations about children, but you know, feel free to jump. Um, not only that part about how they're just, they always need help and they're quick to accept help. Um, but they also are usually quick to forgive. 
Uh, right? Like adults, you know, someone hurts me, you know, two years ago, they, they made a, a one comment about, I don't know, something. I flap my arms too much when I preach. Yes, I get that quite often. And, and it's like, okay, whatever. Um, but, he, God, you know, I, and then you see that person later and you're like, oh, that person thinks I flap my arm or whatever. Right? Well, we'll, yeah, we'll remember it. No, you, re, you remember. And not only that, but if it happens multiple times, yeah, sure, you're right. over the person. You're like, well, they've, they've told me who they are. Yeah, yeah. I know how to deal with them is right. I just don't. But a kid, no. I mean, you hurt their feelings yeah. three or four times and they're like, I just got to. I know we can be good friends if we really yeah, work this dude. out. And you're like, are you kidding me? Let that one go. Exactly. Yeah. You know, someone makes a comment on, on Facebook or something and you, we just hold grudges for years. Not kids, right? They'll get into a straight up fist fight. And then you bring out ice cream. Like, oh, I forgive you. Oh, we too. Right. And then they're like best friends, like four yeah. minutes later. And yeah, maybe we should forgive each other more. Especially now that I think about it, especially as we're, it's been an election season and all of this has come up. And let's be honest, some of us are a little bit more vocal on social media than others. And we say stuff and we've hurt people. Yeah. And maybe we should just forgive like children a little bit more. Well, and there are people that even like now with everything that's gone on, you your phone rings and you see it's them and you answer it and you're like, Oh dear, is this going to be the conversation yeah. I'm going to have again? Yeah, yeah. And That's so true. You you don't want to. You actually want to kind of avoid it. You want to say, "Can right. we talk about anything else?" Right. But yeah, it doesn't happen that way. Right. So yeah, I, I think forgiveness is definitely a part of living this kingdom life that Jesus is talking about because children seem to do that way better than adults. Um, and then one other observation I quickly had was um, just the idea of living in the moment, kind of like what you were saying. Um, you know, us, we adults, we like to plan, you know, we well, like you were talking about in your sermon, like like I like to intentionally plan, right? And, and be strategic about what we do and why we're doing it and how we're doing it. Um, and, you know, I don't want to just plan for this week. I want to plan for next month and next year and five years from now and you know this big you know master plan thing um and that's all well and good but kids seem to not do that they are all about this moment yeah who cares about an hour from now let's play now well in in there there is something that we can't understand about in the moment you know you don't know when the other person comes to you Mm. in the moment Mm. you don't know what is what they're going through inside yeah for sure just like they don't know how busy you are. Mm-hmm. And so a person comes in and they're saying, I've got this thing I'm really going through. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, I've got like six things that I've got to take yeah, care you have your of. Laundry, laundry list of stuff yeah. to do. And, and it's hard for us to stop and say, wait, let me really actually take care of the turmoil right. that you're feeling. We, right. we don't do that well. No. And in some ways it would even be helpful if we could learn to say, Listen, I have a lot on my plate right now. I'm free at three Mm o'clock. After all this is done, Mm -hmm. I'll sit down with you as long as you want. Yeah. Then. No, I think, yeah, that's good. I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking about my own children and the messes they leave in my house. Um, I'm sure not your house, but it, right. Like they're, they're doing a task, right. And then they get distracted like that, but they're not distracted the way I get distracted. They get distracted because someone shows up like another sibling or a friend or someone comes and, and then they're like, Oh, you're here. And then they instantly, at least my kids, they'll shift from whatever they were working on to fully being connected in the present with that person. And people are the priority. Right. Exactly. Adults struggle with this. Yes. Children seem to do a good job with that. 
Well, look, we're running out of time, but I think we need to hit that last Yeah, okay, do verse. the last one and we should pretty be done. Verse. You're right. Um, and he took children in his arm and placed his hand on them and blessed them. And what I wanted to point out about this one that I loved, I thought was great, is in those times, the child would come up and they'd put their hand on him, bless yeah. him and send him on their way. Yeah. But Jesus is trying to teach the disciples to go a step further. Right. And he picks up the child, yeah. pulls it in. And one of the authors I read about said, this is like the most intimate act yeah. that Jesus could have done by pulling him in as close as they could get to him and then praying over them. And I thought he's, he's taking the disciples to a whole nother level. They right. were saying no. And then he says, no, I'm going to show you. It's not just putting their hands on them. It's saying these are so valuable. Right. These people, these kids, these folk, these these individuals are so valuable to me. Yeah. I've got to take them into this embrace. Yeah. No, that's so good. And actually, uh, again, in, in the Greek, it's in the, the grammar, it's an emphatic. So, like, the literal translation would be he's fervently or passionately blessing them. This isn't just like a passive going through the motion thing. Like, he is fully invested in this event. Like, he really cares um, about doing this. So yeah, no, it's a super good passage. Mark 10, very applicable. And I'd love I'm, to go on for more. Can we come back next week? Yeah, no, yeah, no, not. it's good. It's, and and they have another speaker um, next not week. just the value that Jesus places on us and, and especially right, because Jesus would also often be criticized for valuing people or making important people that the, the culture didn't. Yeah. And so I feel, I think it's interesting. Like, are there people that I could be valuing more? Um, mm, that's a good point. And, and, and then uh, for me, it's, it's partly that. And that's also partly, um, yeah, just living this kingdom life and, and living like a child, not childish, but childlike. Um, I need to forgive more. I need to be in the moment more and value people more. Um, you know, some of these things that we were talking about. Um, so anyway, will you pray for us? And then we'll I, I would love to pray for us. Let's, okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we want to keep our minds and our hearts open to always learning about you. When we open the word, we want it to be a life-changing encounter with you. Help us to lead through these. Help us to go through these words that you've put on a page that mean so much more than the paper they've been written on. Help us to put them into our lives and to act on them and to learn these lessons. Lead us, dear Lord. Be with our listeners. We love you, and in thy name, amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks so much, Brendan, for being here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Now, next week, will you sit down and interview yourself? So next of? week, oh, so next week, I actually don't preach next week. Oh, you don't? I, uh, oh, I thought it was Andrea is back preaching next week, and then in two weeks, I preach. And, and then um, you'll interview yourself. We'll see. Stay tuned. Okay. It'll be a good time. I'm excited. All about right. That. Thanks so much for watching or listening, however you're doing that. Hope you're having an amazing week and uh, that you're blessed. All right. That's it. See you next week. Bye. You haven't changed the format, have you? So it's still Oprah. It hasn't switched to Jerry Springer. You're not going to yell and somebody's going to come out like hit me over the head with the chair. No. Okay. It would definitely we, make it more engaging. I don't know. Dur, 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 dur. <laughs>